0: Section fifty-five of Obermann. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Obermann by A. T. M. piver de Senancour, translated by Arthur Edward Waite, eighteen fifty-seven to nineteen forty-two. Ninth year, letter eighty-eight immenstrom november thirty nine here is the season of the year when it would be pleasant to write trifles for five or six hours at a stretch to chat over insignificant things to read clever parodies in a word to kill time for several days past i have been more in this mood than ever and you would stand a chance of the longest letter which has as yet been received at bordeaux if i had not to measure with Saub the fall of a tiny streamlet which he wishes to deflect towards the highest region of my meadows it issues from a small glacier and therefore no drought can affect it i can however find time to tell you that the sky is precisely as i expected there is no occasion for waiting on the part of those who live as it suits them of those who accept nature only after the manner that they have arranged it and are the men among mankind the seasons the time of day the aspect of the heavens to them all these are foreign their habits are like a monastic rule constituting another law which studies itself alone in natural law they recognize no superior order but simply a sequence of almost periodic incidents a succession of means or impediments which must be adapted or overcome according to the fantasia of circumstances without deciding whether this is an evil or not i confess that it ought not to be otherwise public matters and almost all kinds of affairs have their times settled far in advance they exact at a fixed epoch the solicitude of many men and it is difficult to see that they could follow other conventions than those which are set apart for them this necessity involves the rest the city man who is no longer dependent on natural events and may even discover that they weary him or if they serve him that it is only by chance decides and that almost inevitably to regulate his habits by his condition in accordance with the general custom and the opinion of the class to which he belongs or to which his ambition aspires a large city always wears much about the same aspect its occupations or amusements are always pretty well alike and a uniform way of living is voluntarily assumed therein it would in fact be not a little inconvenient to rise before morning when the days are long or to retire early to rest in december to see the dawn is pleasant and salubrious in itself, but what next could one turn to after looking at it between the roofs, and after having heard a couple of canaries suspended from a skylight salute the rising sun? A fair heaven, a mild temperature, a night made brilliant by the moon, can effect no change in your manner. You end by asking, what is the use of it? and even while acknowledging that there must be an evil side to the order which prompts the question it must be admitted that he who asks it is not altogether in the wrong it would be eccentric at the least to arouse the hall-porter suddenly and rush out early in the morning to hear sparrows chirping on the boulevard or sitting down at the window of a drawing-room behind the curtains so as to be isolated from the glare and noise to devote a moment to nature and observe with recollection the stars of night shining in the street-puddles but in my alpine ravine the day of eighteen hours differs considerably from the day that is of nine hours some habits of the city have clung to me because i find them pleasant and even desirable for one who is unable to assume all that are native to the place nevertheless with four feet of snow and twelve degrees of frost i cannot live actually in the same manner as when the drought kindles the pines in the woodland and cheeses are made five thousand feet up above me one special quality of bad weather is necessary for me to work out of doors one also for walking another for riding and yet another for sitting by the fire though as a fact it is not cold and one in fine for settling myself in the chimney-corner of the kitchen amidst certain domestic operations which i reserve as far as possible especially for those days you will note that with a view of imparting my whole plan i include what i shall put in practice in the future with what i may be now doing i assume that i have already followed my mode of life along the lines that i am actually starting it in the way that i am arranging it for future seasons and for things which remain to do of the fine days i dare not speak to be candid however i have very little use for these or rather i have ceased to have a use for them lovely weather adorns the country and seems therein to augment existence such at least is the general experience but for myself i am the more discontented when it is the more beautiful once i struggled vainly against this inward discomfort but did not prove the stronger subsequently i adopted another and much more convenient course i have eluded the evil which i could not destroy fonsaub condescends quite cheerfully to my weakness the moderate excesses of the table are set aside for these unredeemed days so beautiful in all eyes so overwhelming in my own there are to be periods of indolence starting late and passing amidst artificial lights if anything readable is chanced on anything with a flavour of drollery it is reserved for such mornings and we are shut up after dinner in the society of wine or weak punch in the freedom of familiarity in the security of the man who has nothing to fear from his own heart finding all else even friendship itself occasionally insufficient eager to try a little of that folly which we have left without becoming wise we seek the active and impassioned realisation of the present thing in place of that precise and measured realisation of all things of that silent thought which chills man and overpowers his weakness in this manner midnight comes and one is delivered yes is delivered from time from time priceless and irreparable which it is so often impossible not to lose and more often impossible to love when the brain has been deranged by imagination observation study by revulsions and passions by habits possibly by reason itself do you think that it is an easy matter to have always sufficient time and above all never to have too much we are it is true solitaries rustics but we have our eccentricities notwithstanding we are in the midst of nature but we observe her furthermore i believe that even in the savage state many men have too much soul not to weary themselves we have lost the pastimes of a well-chosen society and we pretend to be consoled for this by reflecting on the weariness the futile and unavoidable constraints of society in general could one not at the same time have avoided seeing any one but intimate acquaintances what shall we substitute for that manner which women alone can possess which they have in the capitals of france of that manner which they make so felicitous and which in turn renders them equally necessary to the man of taste and to the man of passion therein is our solitude profound and therein we are as in the desert void in other respects i should think that our way of living is practically the one which most employs our time we have abandoned the turmoil of the town the silence which encompasses us, us seems at first to impart a constancy and inflexibility to the hours which would be depressing to the man accustomed to the methods of a rapid life insensibly and by a change in regimen, one becomes somewhat inured to it by attaining calmness the days prove very little longer here than elsewhere if i had not a hundred reasons some substantial the rest rather trivial for not living like a mountaineer i should have shared his hardy and frugal life without agitation without hope without desire without initiative imagining nothing thinking scarcely of anything wishing for nothing further never dreaming of anything new i should pass from one season to another and from this day to old age as one passes long days in the winter without perceiving their continuous dwindling when the night came i should conclude merely that lights were wanted and when the snows began i should judge that the fires must be started from time to time i should get some intelligence of you and i should put down my pipe for a moment to reply that i was well i should grow contented i should begin to find that the days were swallowed up rapidly enough in the cold tranquillity of the alps and i should lapse slowly into that sequence of incuriosity oblivion tardiness wherein the man of the mountains reposes amidst the abandonment of these mighty solitudes End of section 55.